Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, my self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure that you're giving yourself the gift of self-love. Now, if you don't know what the gift of self-love is, it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. And it's now available in stores and online worldwide. Oh my goodness, I've been waiting to say that because I've been working on this book for years. I poured my heart and soul into it, compiling everything that I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is this book is a combination of me sharing my life story and everything that's helped me on this self-love journey, including body acceptance, and it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So every single thing that I share, you can put into practice right away. There are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. I'm holding it right here. It's right in front of me and it's absolutely gorgeous. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but we've nailed the design on this one. It makes such a wonderful gift both for yourself and for your loved ones. Perhaps you have a friend that could really use this message and that, you know, needs a little push, loving push in the right direction. And I think that this book is just a great gift. Hence, the gift of self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, you can get it today by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, that's maryscupoftea.com slash book and give yourself the gift of self-love. Hello, my self-lovers. I have a little bit of a different episode for you this week because what you're about to hear is a conversation with one of my retreat sisters, Leanna. Leanna recently attended my Costa Rica self-love retreat. We actually just got back about a week ago, and I thought it would be really cool to give you an inside look into what self-love retreats are actually like coming from someone who's experienced one very recently. So even if you're not thinking about joining a self-love retreat, I still invite you to listen to this episode because Leanna and I talk about sexuality, trusting yourself, dealing with toxic family members, connecting with like-minded women, vulnerably sharing your heart, and so much more that you will hear in Leanna's story. Leanna herself is incredibly inspiring because she embodies so much of what it means to be so full of self-love and letting that love overflow to others. So again, whether or not you want to come to a retreat, Leanna will help you see what is truly possible for you. And there are multiple times in this episode where I just got goosebumps from head to toe because she has such a way of speaking and describing things and it just makes your whole body scream, yes, 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 I want that for myself and that's what you deserve. And if a retreat does sound interesting to you, our next one will also be in Costa Rica over New Year's. So I thought, how magical would it be to step into 2022 feeling so full of self-love and having a New Year's Eve party with myself and a bunch of like-minded women 
on the beach in Costa Rica. And I just started getting overwhelmed with the vision and I couldn't not do it. So I decided to host another retreat December 29th through January 3rd. It's actually going to be a five night, six day retreat. So a little bit longer than my last one, because I really wanted that extra time to spend together. And if you're interested, all the information is available on my website under the retreats tab. At the time of this recording, the New Year self-love retreat is 50% full. So if you're interested, don't wait too long. Go to the website, check out all the information. And if it's calling your name, then feel free to fill out an application. And in the meantime, without further ado, let's get into this podcast episode with Leanna, my retreat sister and fellow self-love coach on what it was like at the Costa Rica self-love retreat. Hello, my beautiful Leanna. Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. How are you, girl? Hi, Mary. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I can't believe it's been one week since we were together in Costa Rica. I love that we're doing this now because everything is like fresh, but you also had a little bit of time to settle in and, you know, get back into the swing of things with life. How's that been for you? Yeah, I truly can't believe how fast it's been since we saw each other and had that incredible experience because I think it's like the way the retreat ended and who I was before starting it and who I was after. It's like this, that whole container, I'm now a completely different energy. I feel up-leveled from the retreat and I'm getting so much clarity on what, who I want to become even still. So it, it's just it's just the momentum keeps going. Mm, I love that music to my ears. (laughs) What originally called you to apply for the Costa Rica self-love retreat in the first place? Like, what were you hoping to get out of it? Also, just for context, for those listening, we did like a pandemic-friendly retreat. So you applied like, not in the midst of the pandemic, but kind of towards the end when we were very much looking forward to something new and traveling and and just, I don't know, getting back into some version of normal. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's so crazy how I found you. I have been following the adult chair model through the Michelle Shelfont podcast called The Adult Chair. And I followed that since February 2018. So I've been on kind of a self-healing, self-love, self-transformation journey myself for a number of years at this point. And she announced a certification to become an adult chair coach in the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic started. And I was like, oh gosh, there's no way I could do this. And then you'd think, well, why during a pandemic would then you do it? But the truth is, is that I, I saw life in a whole new way. And I was like, life is too short to not do the things that I'm passionate about and the things that I feel called and meant to do. And through her podcast was how I found she had guests on Jesse Jean. And then as I was starting 2021, following more accounts, I brand myself as Love with Leanna now (laughs) on social media and everything um, through my coaching practice. And I was looking for accounts to follow like-minded individuals to associate myself with. And Jesse Jean, I think, shared a bunch of accounts. And one of them was you. And I was like, who's this Mary person? Like you stood out to me more than other people that she shared. I still followed everyone, but there was some connection. So I was like, okay, who's Mary? (laughs) And I quickly found your podcast, listened to like every episode within a matter of a few weeks, bought your book on the pre-order. 
I was like, I have to get more from Mary. I have to do more. <laughs> and I bought your book and I went to your online. It was like the the self-love workshop from getting the book on pre-order. So I was like, okay, wow, this is exciting. And through my certification, they kind of joked in saying that we would do a graduation in Costa Rica. But then, you know, it was kind of more of like a, a wishful thinking and the pandemic and stuff kind of, I don't think it was an actual plan. But either way, the fact that then you had showed that you're doing a Costa Rica self-love retreat in the niche specific thing that I feel such a purpose and a calling to do more of in this world. I was like, this is a no brainer. I had extra money at the time too, to put towards it. And I turned towards my husband and I'm like, can I do this thing? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) So I was like, okay, so we're going. (laughs) And I was already vaccinated and everything. And so I was like, I think it just makes sense to get more into the self-love work because not only has that been the core work of my life, like personally, but it's also the mission that I feel that I have to also help people love themselves even more too. So it, it just was a, a full circle experience, kind of in a fast way, I guess, from when I first followed you in around February of this 2021 <laughs> to where we are now in the, we did the retreat in end of July and it was just meant to be. I don't know. It was divine timing. Yeah, I love stories like that when little things connect, because I think most people would be so quick to brush them off as, oh, it's just a coincidence that she would do a retreat in Costa Rica. Everybody does retreats in Costa Rica. But my mom always says that like the more you pay attention to synchronicities and you don't write them off, and the more you do see it as like little pieces of magic or signs, like the more they truly start just jumping before your eyes in so many different ways. Like you start seeing the world from a much more, how do you say it? I think the only way to describe it is like magical. Like every moment does become magical, right? Because even if the little things, even if they feel irrelevant, the fact that certain things just connect, it's just so, mm, so juicy and delicious. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. There's a quote that I know, um, I believe it's from Steve Jobs, but he had said something like, you can only connect the dots looking back, mm-hmm. not looking forward. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those times where it's like, it's only building. And I'm now getting excited for every new dot that comes instead of getting anxious or scared of what's next. It's like, all right, bring it. <laughs> so also, Jesse is a really dear friend of mine. I can't wait to tell her about this. Oh my gosh. I would love to talk to her someday. She's another one of those great bright lights in just her mission and everything. And I, I love her teachings as well. But yeah, it's literally like, that's the path of how I found you. (laughs) But it was like I said, it, it couldn't have gone any other way. When you filled out that application, what were you hoping to get out of this retreat? Ooh, that's a good question. I guess I was hoping for more evidence that I can trust myself and trust my intuition because that was a big thing in my life that I had lost for a long time. I had had it for a long time, but then I lost it for another chunk of time because really what kicked off this this journey for me was when I got engaged to my now husband and it was not received well by my family. And that was really hard. And not just even my family, but other people around me as well, where it wasn't received well. And I was just like, but how? How 
how can something feel so right to me be so wrong in the eyes of other people and people that I looked up to, aka my parents or coworkers, even family members and friends? It was it was very hard and sad, and I started to not trust myself and be in really tough situations. So just constantly in today's present life (laughs) for myself, being able to say, yes, I can trust myself again. And it can be a good thing that making an investment in myself is another huge way that I prove that I can trust myself and that this is going to just be an incredible transformational experience that I'm going to learn to love myself deeper and then take those tools to then help others do the same. So it was like a multifaceted reason, but that was what I was hoping to get out of it. And then also just to connect with you and connect with the others who would be joining uh, more like-minded individuals because I've personally felt a lot of my life kind of, I always say this phrase, like I'm on the outside all the time. Mm. And literally sometimes in photos, I'll be that one awkward person on the side who's not fully leaning into the picture. So I realize now that I'm meant to be around people who also feel like that, who maybe feel like they haven't quite fit into things. So I'm constantly striving for more like-minded people to be around in that way. Yeah, more belonging. Self-trust is one of those things that I think we don't realize how it manifests until somebody gives us an example. And a lot of us like go through life not fully trusting ourselves. For me, how that manifests is I'm constantly calling my best friend or my boyfriend or my mom for some sort of validation on like the littlest things like, girl, should I buy this on Amazon? Or should I cut my hair like this? Or should I do this? Or should I literally screenshots and (laughs) constantly texting? And in the past for me, that showed up with like food, like not trusting what to eat, or when to eat or how to eat, or just in general, like intuitive eating was not even something I knew was possible for me. So I love the example that you brought up that for you, it manifested, it seems like it manifested with just having that self trust and confidence, not in the way that's overused right now, but like that certain certainty Mm -hmm. in your choices when it comes to your relationship and marriage. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I love that because I think that's really that's really true with with the trusting. Because I think to myself of like somebody who truly unconditionally loves themselves when they trust their decisions and when they see themselves as their own authority. And I saw up until now <laughs> that is lacking in my life, where like I would still also reach for other people to validate, get their words of affirmation. And I still appreciate that, but it's like, I needed that in order to feel like I was enough. And I really wanted to focus on the retreat of letting go of all of the shame in being me and who I just am as a person and how I exist and show up in this world. Mm. What do you think helped you the most build that muscle of self-trust, whether it was just overall with everything else you're doing and or at the retreat? Yeah. Well, I think it started out by getting on that flight by myself. <laughs> I've always traveled out of the country, with, at least with other people in my group. And it was taking what I knew from traveling. At least I've done some solo travel. But taking that first step of being like, yep, I can get myself through customs. I can get myself to this destination and make sure I'm there at the time when we need to leave 
for, with the group when we took the charter plane to our, our special destination. And it was just like every step of the way. And then knowing that I can trust other people to kind of also lean on in those moments too, like being on the WhatsApp group that we had and, and seeing who was there the night before and, oh, I'm going to stay with this person and being so sure that that was safe and okay. Because I, when I would tell my parents like, this is what I'm doing. And they're like, are you sure? Like, we don't know these people. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it's it's fine. Like I knew very intuitively that this type of group was not only safe, but encouraging and inspiring and beautiful. So there was no doubt. So it that was a huge thing. But then of course, the work that I did during the week leading up to that, just practicing being open. And as we all kind of joked as <laughs> the retreat sisterhood of trust the process, TTP. <laughs> we joke but that was a real thing of like not being so sure what was going to happen on every moment in the schedule of every day and just being like it's going to be great no matter what like that was the other thing is I remember being at the customs counter and my flight got in pretty late and so there wasn't very many people around but the gentleman in Spanish asks with some English but like where are you going and I was like I don't know. <laughs> and I had to show him the website of the Imaloa Institute. And I was like, I'm going here. And he's like, Oh, that's great. And he could tell where it was on the map. And it was like a true unconditional trust. And I say unconditional in such a big way of like, I didn't need to have every detail mapped out like I normally had to in the past. It was like, I could just go there and have an experience and be truly embodied. and. It was proven every day, every day. And it didn't matter that there was rain with the day that we first got there and we flew with the charter plane and everyone was a little scared. I was like, this is part of it though. Cause we're going to still look at it back on that and say, even though this was uncomfortable and a little scary or just like blah, cause we're sitting in the airport, but it was like, no, that was all part of it because then we got to sit with our old self and realize how uncomfortable that is. <laughs> mm. Oh, Leanna. <laughs> Wait, can you say that again? When you got held up at the airport, because on the first day, the small plane flight got delayed because there was a storm. The one day it was dry in the jungle, there was a storm in the city. <laughs> so the girls couldn't fly out. And you said you got to sit in the airport and... Just be uncomfortable in the person that I started out as. The old self. Mm. Yes. I felt uncomfortable in my old self. There was a moment where I was hyper fixating about my water. And it sounds so dumb of like my water bottle that was reusable. And I filled it in the sink thinking that it would be okay, but then it wasn't potable. And then there was a water fountain right across. And I'm like, why am I freaking out about a water bottle when I can buy another water bottle? (laughs) And then like that person and then who she was at the end are not the same people. Like Mm. there's no hyper fixation on those little things that really don't matter, you know? So it was, it was a true test of just like, yeah, sitting in that uncomfortable old self and realizing this is not like, it's like, you could feel the skin. Maybe there's, maybe it's just me, but of just the skin, like, um, shedding (laughs) and, and maybe I didn't realize it in the moment, but definitely now I see that to be true. That's what was happening. Yeah. And there was so much beauty in that moment. I mean, for one, the pictures, I was like, I wish I was on that flight because flying (laughs) through the clouds and the sunset and everything you got to see. And also like 
one thing I kept reminding myself of, because truthfully, on the other side, I'm freaking out. I'm like, they're stuck. How are they going to get here? And Mm -hmm. I had to do quite a bit of of work behind the scenes on allowing myself to trust the process. But I kept reminding myself that vulnerability breeds connection. And something like being trapped in an airport waiting for your flight and you're sitting, you've already met your retreat sisters and you're sitting and everybody's stuff is coming up and you're all tired and some people are getting cranky. I know some people showed up cranky and it's totally understandable, but that's what creates that deep connection. And that's what everybody was laughing about after the fact. Oh, easily, easily. I mean, it was at that point where when we got there, it was like, not only so amazing to finally arrive at Imaloa, but it was like, uh, it just felt that much better to like be around everyone and connect in such a way and nourish ourselves with the food, like right as soon as we got there and sat down and, and yeah, it was worth it. (laughs) I feel like those couple of hours also summarized like the year and a half, because some people were signed up for this retreat for almost two years. And because of the pandemic, we kept postponing. And so for a lot of people, that was kind of the, well, actually for all of us, because we all experienced the pandemic, that was kind of like a mini synopsis of what had happened where you had to wait. And then it was that much sweeter after. And there was a lot of vulnerability and letting go. And some people cried and got stressed and we hyper fixated on things. And like all of that is so human and so normal and is what creates that beautiful process. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. This is so helpful for me. I feel so selfish right now because this is really just allowing me to reflect on that experience, especially when I wasn't directly in it. I mean, I was in it from a different side. So I just love this so much, Lana. Thank you for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. You discovered something about yourself during the retreat that came as a shock to you at first. And I remember you coming to me with it. And then I was so like pleasantly surprised when it was just the next day when you shared it with the group. And I know that so many of our listeners will be able to relate to this as hard as everybody at the retreat did. So I'm wondering to the extent that you're comfortable sharing, could you tell us what that was and what your experience was like in finding this out? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It was kind of wild. So let me just like set the scene for a second of how I got there. I remember when I first had my one-on-one with you and it was another thing of just trust, trust that whatever is going to come up, like there wasn't really much of an intention. I know when you had asked to set the intention, I was like, okay, I want to let go of the shame in being me. But even then it was like, all along, I was just trusting that whatever was meant to happen would happen. And it surprised me in such a big way. You're absolutely right. Because when we sat and we did that exercise where we were picking out the turning points in our life, we were kind of writing our life story. I really went from my first earliest memory to then the next one to the next, like, I think I got almost to about high school. And then I was able to see a trend. And I learned that I never felt sexy about myself. Not that I didn't think I was attractive or didn't think I was beautiful. It was a specific thing about being sexy, like being desirable. And even though I've, I have a husband, I've had other boyfriends, I've had other partners, I've had many people tell me that I am, 
I realized that I didn't feel it for myself. And that was unreal learning that in the moment in the retreat around everybody because it was so much more than just body image idea about myself. It was like a physical thing of like a very visceral experience of like, whoa, it was like my whole 26 years of life like flooded into me in that moment and was like, you never felt this way about yourself. Someone always had to tell you to believe it. And that mirrors a lot of some codependency things that I have going on. That mirrors a lot of anxiety and being people pleaser and everything. But that specific thing was so buried in a shocking way. Like it was so shocking because I always felt pretty comfortable in my body for the most part. There were, there's some insecurities that I've had, but it was more like I didn't put it together because I was masking it. I was covering it. It was so, 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 so buried. And it was so quick that like once I went through and, and wrote the points of my life that stood out to me when I started to get self-conscious about myself was when I think one of the examples that I wrote was like in seventh grade when one of the popular guys I could tell liked me and I liked him. But as soon as other of his friends or something got wind of that, they were like, oh, Leanne or whatever. And I remember we were like in the parking lot of my middle school. And like he he like looked kind of upset that like he almost had to like go with them out of popularity and whatever. And I remember being like, oh, I'm not like, I'm not one of those girls or something. And that was just one example that I kind of wrote down that got me to that moment. Then in the next part of your exercise, it was like, okay, let's rip this up and put this in the basket and say, I'm going to let that go. And I'm, I'm very familiar in the line of work that, that I do of, of letting go of the things and, you know, purging and, and all of that. Like, it was like on paper, I knew exactly what to do, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was holding the paper and I couldn't rip it up. For, it was like my hands were, were just frozen at the paper and I'm staring. And thankfully, one of the retreat sisters that I had met, you know, the night before, we had a little bit of a bond. She gave me some snack when we're waiting in the um, airport. Like, it's like we had already a little bit of a bond. And I looked up to her and I said, can you help me? And she said, yeah. And so she helps take my hands and we rip it together. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, how can I let go of something that I just figured out about myself that has been such a program through my life that I didn't feel sexy about myself. I only had to have other people tell me in order for me to know it and believe it to be true. And that like broke me. Like I I cried and I sat there. I didn't, I, I kind of just like let it out. And there was another retreat sister who came up to me and was like, Hey, what's going on? You know? And it was like very, very nice to have other people come up and support. I didn't have to ask for help. They were there and they could do it. And I got to just like really cry, like a deep cry that I haven't had in a long time. And it really, it really, it really was hard. But I, I pinpoint that moment as one of the best of the whole retreat because I got to uncover that deep rooted limiting belief that was negative about myself. Because then I was able to be like, okay, well, what can I do instead? Because I did go to you, Mary. I was like, I was grasping to be fixed. <laughs> you know, I was grasping to be fixed and just have someone tell me, not that, oh, you know, no, you are sexy. Like, like, it's not like that really wasn't what I was looking for. It was like, how can I know it in myself? Like, what do you do that you can know it? And 
I think it was later that night that we got to share in a circle of like what we're working on. And I got to say that like, I kind of admitted straight out that I'm like, hey, this is something I figured out. And you know what happened? Instead of like feeling rejected or, or scared, really, it was definitely scary to share, but it was actually really beautiful because then like eight people, eight of this other sisters came up to me and they were like, me too. <laughs> me too. Or this is what I do. Or, you know, because I, I then shared because I'm also very in tune with what I need. And I, I did tell them that like, look, I don't want you guys to tell me, oh, no, you are sexy, Leanna. Because like, I will just say, oh, whatever. Thanks. Like, I'm not in a place right now that I can let it land. It's more like I want to understand from other people's experiences of what they do to embody their divine feminine and their divine sexiness as a woman and everything. And we talked for like an additional maybe half hour to 45 minutes with just that small group. And it was so special you know, to hear from other people and say like, Hey, I understand. And I've got, you know, I've got you, <laughs> you know, I remember that small group. I was like, what are they talking about? It looks juicy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. It was anything from, Oh, what I do is I get undressed and then dance in the mirror, or I grab my favorite vibrator and, and have fun. Or, you know, I put on something beautiful. I do a boudoir photo shoot. There were so many suggestions. And I was just like, wow, first of all, I didn't think other people struggled with this, number one. And number two, I didn't know that there were other ways that didn't involve another person to feel that way about yourself. It was a completely new concept. (laughs) Yeah. Because if somebody came up and said, no, Leanna, you are sexy. I think you're sexy. Then that just further reinforces the belief and just gives evidence to like, I need other people to validate that. Whereas like giving you tools to figure that out on your own is totally different. And I knew when you came to me, because I was only like the second day, I knew that we had so much stuff planned and you had all the opportunities to explore that with yourself. Now that I said that out loud, it sounds like we had a big old masturbation party. That is not what happened. There are other ways to get embodied, although I'm totally for that too, Mm -hmm. maybe one day. (laughs) But I'm wondering if you remember this or maybe this is the way that I perceived it. When you came to me, this was before you shared when you just discovered it. It was very much from the mindset of like, I just discovered this big thing about myself and it's going to take me so long to figure out how to deal with it. And it felt so big and so heavy. But I remember thinking like, okay, what does she really need right now? And I was like, I think she's very daunted by the idea of this discovery. And I wanted you to get more like, not not necessarily excited about it, but more like with the lightness in your heart. And I guess more curious than like afraid. So I don't know what I said. Hopefully I was able to portray that. I'm wondering like, how did you continue to work through that on day three, four and five? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of amazing because I guess like in the moment I wanted to go to you because I thought, you know, you were the person who created this, that maybe you had an answer. (laughs) And I think it was perfect that like, you had some suggestions of like, you recommended to me others some, you know, books to read and things like in our one-on-one. And I think there was another one that you said that night, but it was like, something also told me that I'm like, I have to figure this out. So what did I do immediately after that was acknowledge that I was sad and like actually cry like really get the tears out 
and kind of go to bed feeling really alone and sad. Even though I was just with a group, it was like I then needed that little mini pod <laughs> for, for me to just kind of also process and sit with it. And I did tell my husband that I figured that out about myself. And I felt the story come up of me saying like, I don't want him to think that he caused something, even though that's not at all in his personality. There was like a little thing of like maybe society then having that little voice of like, well, then the guy thinks it's them. And when I told him, he was like, okay, what do you think? Like, or I don't even remember what he, see, that's the thing. It's like, I don't even remember what he said, but it was just like little things of like, at one point I then was like, well, what do you see sexy about me? And it was like, that you're a good mom to our cats, that you work really hard and that you are such a good caretaker and, and homemaker and like all the things and heart, you know, everything that you do. And I was like, wait, it was suddenly that like, I got to understand that a new definition of sexy could be possible. And that helped me sleep. <laughs> Number one <laughs> is that I was able to go to sleep. But then the <laughs> next morning, I still woke up on kind of like that emotional hangover, I guess, in a weird way of like, I'm not looking forward to this hike the next day. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be a big deal. And it's going to be exhausting. And I'm already exhausted because I didn't really sleep well because I was up a little later, you know, just trying to process and thinking like, maybe I shouldn't go. Like, honestly, like I was like, maybe I shouldn't go. But that was one side of me. And I saw another side of me go like, no, Liana, this is what you can do of just going under the covers and isolating. That's one way you could handle it. But for your ultimate growth, you're going to do the thing that you came here to do, which is participate and be fully embodied and experiential. So I was like, okay, let's do it through the tiredness and and even some, I guess, nausea. Like like my whole body was really like not feeling it. And I just said, okay, we're going to go. It was like every step of the hike, like going up through towards the waterfall. It was like a distraction for really what I was going through. And it was a needed distraction. Like I know when there's a time and a place to process the emotion, it was like, there was just another way that I could do it. And this was a better way because I was able to be around people and explain to them like, this is, hey, this is what I was dealing with. Like just talking to more of the, the sisters about, hey, this is, this is how I'm dealing with it. And just like getting more support like through the walk and then feeling so much gratitude for my body to push through such a thing where I was, I was also nervous about my physical activity level of like, can I do this? <laughs> and to finally get there and be like, Wow. It was like, suddenly it's like, I forgot why I was even sad. And it was like that feeling had just passed. Like it was like the work was happening in tandem with the physical activity that I was able to kind of shift away from the thinking that I was dealing with. Yeah. The sadness and everything. And I was able to just kind of be like, I'm in a new state now. Like I made this choice to then say, we're not going to, we're not just going to sulk and be sad. Like there's a time and a place, but this is not the time. And I then got to see this beautiful waterfall and just wear a bikini for the first time in, <laughs> in so long. We had done that at the beach. That was another cool thing the day before when we went to the beach. And I was just like, wow, like I haven't even put on a bikini in so long because there was that, that shame of not feeling sexy. I get, and I didn't even know why I felt that way, but it, I guess that's what it was. And then being in the, in the waterfall and being able to jump off the, the rock and into the, into the water and just be like referencing 
what I had talked to some of the other retreat sisters about of like, it's sexy, the, the, the confidence of, hey, who wants to jump? Me. <laughs> and that's like, sexy is so much more than just like what you look like. You know, society may say that that's like the piece, but there's so much more in what a true embodiment of that is. I remember there was a point when I'm turning up the rock and I'm like, you know, grabbing it and I'm being very careful and calculated. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this. And there's, there's a trail of people behind me. I was like two in line (laughs) and I was ready to do, and it's like, let's jump and do it and then go. And there's sexiness in that alone, you know? Mm, I feel so incredibly connected to you because I feel like I just think of something like the word embodiment popped into my mind and literally 0.2 seconds later, you said it. Oh, wow. And just the journey of the waterfall and how there's a difference between distracting yourself and refocusing yourself. And that's the power of being in a container because everything is a part of the process. I know I can't (laughs) stress this enough, but even when, you know, we're deep in an exercise and we're journaling and I see that time is up and some people aren't done, the number one thing I say is know that you can revisit later. You can connect with your buddy later. You can go back to journaling about this later, but now we're going to move on and having that like kind of direction and that guidance to be like, okay, I'm going (laughs) to stay up all night. I'm going to talk to my retreat sisters I'm going to call my husband. I'm going to process this. This is emotional. The next morning, I don't feel like it, but this is what we're doing now. And just like letting that step-by-step melt away, like the shame and the judgment around it. And then being in a place where it's actually quite a meditative experience because in that moment, you have no choice but to think about the beauty of what you see in front of you of the waterfall and, and being with everybody and jumping in. And the whole experience is sexy oh yeah easily easily that was incredible just how it's like you're not even thinking about your body you're not even thinking about you know do people think it's weird that I'm wearing my glasses in the water <laughs> you're wearing your glasses <laughs> I didn't even notice. I, well that's what I'm saying is that like the yeah. little things that I would be like insecure or, or look at it and be like who's a sexy person and then who am I am I not that mold but it was so not even a thought at that moment that I was able to just be like, yes, I can just be me and it can be amazing. And I can take the jump, like literally <laughs> and be in the water. Literally and metaphorically, you took the jump, the leap mm-hmm. into that embodiment. Mm, I love that. Now that you're back home, what difference do you feel in yourself? Mm, so interesting that you asked that because I've been trying to put a word to it. And the thing that comes to mind the most is that sexy is an energy of when you claim your power, when you own yourself. And I did that because that was um, day, I guess, two uh, officially, or yeah, I don't know, <laughs> with the t- by the time we got there, because I was able to even go beyond just the waterfall experience to do my photo shoot and see myself in like, you know, just my kimono taking pictures out by the pool in front of everyone and and the retreat sisters knowing that that was something that I was working on. So it's like, Hey, why don't you just do this in your photo shoot? I was like, okay. And I take those amazing pictures with Allie and feeling just like, so in presence that has translated to 
how I show up in, in work and how I show up at home of just like, I see people noticing me in a different way. Like I'll be walking somewhere and I'll notice people noticing me. Where in the past, I don't think I would notice people noticing me. And I would always wonder like, oh, those girls, you know, like they get, you know, and being hit on is never fun in, a, in that sense. But it's like, I would be like, I don't think that happens to me. Whereas now it's like, I notice when I walk somewhere that I turn heads <laughs> or, you know, in, in the workplace, it's like, you know, luckily I'm, I'm still working from home, but just that, hey, we, we noticed you were gone and we missed you and needed your support and your, your work ethic like here. And not that that's all necessarily weird and people think I'm sexy and that's why they pay attention. It's not even that. It's just more like the energy of claiming and owning yourself. I can't stress that enough. Is that how, That's what I was able to kind of unlock, especially in a full circle sense by the time we got to that cacao ceremony too. And we had that beautiful moment all together in that space in the dark with the jungle sound around and the music of the ecstatic dance. Like that was where it really really got to come out and anything that was suppressed, like was, was fully out in the open and it didn't matter who was watching. Like she, and she told us that the, the woman who was guiding us at her name was Tish, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. And how she was just like, just close your eyes and let your body move. And what are you holding back? And I was like, nothing anymore. <laughs> and just like being fully like, you know, moving and swaying and letting the elements, you know, guide me. And it was so powerful to be so connected and see, like, I know every night when, when you would kind of wrap up the, the sharing circle or, or start the circle, thank you to all who have been here before and who will come after. It's like, yeah, we got to connect with that energy. And I now have that within myself. So that's a long answer to your question of like, where am I now? But I can only go back to this, this thought of I am up leveled and now things that aren't in that level, like worrying about what other people think of me or getting self-conscious or hyper fixated. It's like, now I look at it and I'm like, why am I still doing that? Because I'm now aware that that's not who I am. And it's so clear. So yeah, because self-love is expansive. And once you taste a little bit of that expansive potential, then it's kind of hard to go back. Oh yeah, easily. (laughs) (laughs) What I really heard from that too, is that it's not about the external validation or turning heads or being recognized at work. Of course, that feels good, but it doesn't feel good unless you let yourself feel it, which so much of that is about receiving it. And a lot of us have this story in our heads of like, well, I know that I'm a nice person and I'm sure there are people who like me and I'm a good friend and maybe you have a partner, but it's a whole different beast to actually receive that and to actually open your heart to that and allow yourself to bloom and just be in that and be seen. That's also a big thing, like be seen as that. Yeah. And knowing that you being seen is not too much. It's anyone who has a problem with that is showing some negative belief about themselves because they can't be that big. And that used to hinder me a lot of like, I wouldn't want to be too noticed or too, you know, looked at or something. And so it would be a way to stay small. And that does serve us to an extent of being safe, but for the greater good, 
the things that I want to now do <laughs> with love with Leanna, with that's what I call also my higher self presence. That energy cannot be small. And I love even what you said about receiving because that exercise too, when you had us be in the inter circles, like the one circle on the inside and one on the outside, and you literally just had to sit or we were standing and they, you know, the group would compliment you one by one, one minute after the next. And we got to see the themes. I, I was amazed at how like I got to go first in the receiving side and just really see how like I could make an impact on people in just a matter of days. Because that's a big thing. It's like one of the other inner beliefs that I'm very familiar with of not feeling like enough. I would always say that, you know, you have to be something and you have to do something to be enough. But it's like, no, I can just be enough simply because I am. And that was like, so, so proving that point home of, I can just be myself and people can find value in that and that they can resonate and see my energy anyway. You know, so I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know because I've experienced you. I've had the honor to be in your space for a week and then connecting now. Like I think anybody listening to this can feel it viscerally. And that brings me to tell us about what you do with love with Leanna and how you do it what you do, why you do it, and how can people work with you? Because I think that through this episode, we've also really seen just your abilities as a coach and the insights that you bring to so much. And I feel like you need to hire Leanna to work with you and to coach you and to guide you on this journey to self-love. So tell, tell us how we can find you. Oh, thank you so much, Mary. I'm so touched and grateful that you acknowledge that in me because it's a relatively new venture for me, but yet it feels like this is what I was meant to do my whole life. So yes, I am love with Leanna and that is my business, but it's also, like I said, my higher self energy. And you can find me at lovewithleanna.com where I talk all about my coaching services as they currently stand. So doing one-on-one sessions for self-love development, as well as any technical related things. I'm trying to weave both of my skills into one so I can really serve you for whatever. But especially on your self-love journey, I use the model called the adult chair model, which is a simple psychology grounded spirituality model for healthy living. It takes the three chairs of your life, the inner child zero to six, where you learn all of your raw feelings and emotions, your creativity, your passion, and you get all your programming that literally takes you into your adolescent ego state from seven to about 25, you're reacting based on the life that you learned through the programs that were happening in your environment. And you're either forming addictions or negative limiting beliefs, and you're protecting that inner child self that may have felt unsafe in a lot of ways, or you're growing big because you were encouraged to be healthy. And at that point, when you're about 25 or earlier, sometimes it depends on how fast the brain develops in each individual. But that's when approximately the prefrontal cortex comes online. And that basically is a layer of the brain that grows over your brain to have more deductive reasoning and higher self energy, to put it in a simpler term. So yes, this model by Michelle Chalfant is a true comprehensive model to understand all the parts of your life. So I guess an example of a session that I would do with any of the listeners who would want to seek a session with me is that we go through whatever you're working on 
And just in an example sense is maybe if there's a part that feels like you're not enough, like kind of what I was saying, we can practice talking to that part and literally find where that lands in the body somatically and get to understand that that part has a voice, that part has an energy, it has a color or something that you can sense it. And it's able to tell you information that can help you transform. And most of the time, (laughs) very easily, as soon as we just tap into that part, it shifts, it morphs, and you can let go and have deep processing. I've done it myself, on myself. I've done it for other clients. And it's just part of what this model can do. And I'm so grateful that I have the ability to teach that in whatever is yet to come. I I sing as well. That's not something I probably share during the retreat as much, but I have some covers of music. There's just so much on my website. So lovewithliana.com. <laughs> I have meditations. I have a community that I want to bring together like-minded individuals. So yeah, you can find me pretty much everywhere. I'm growing on TikTok. So I'd love to have you follow me there. Also everything at lovewithliana and can be found at lovewithliana.com. Mm, can confirm that your work is amazing. And I hope that I get to experience it as a student at some point too. And also TikTok, Liana is really, really good at TikTok and leaves some solid, solid gold in just short 30 second clips. So highly recommend you go check her out. Thank you so much, Liana. I can't even express to you how grateful I am that you came on here and shared your heart and ah. Ah, so much just love just pouring out of me. That was like primal. Did you hear that? That was like primal. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. No, seriously, thank you so much too, because you bring that out in me as well. I know I was meant to find you at this stage of my life. No sooner, no later. It was now. And though I wish I had known you my whole life, I, I already feel like that's true. So I know we'll continue to bond. And I'm so grateful. Yes, I would love to have you at whatever I create someday. Because <laughs> that, that's that's in the works, you know, I, I want to do more. I know my heart is is big enough to support yeah. so many and further my mission of building a more present and loving world. So yeah, you're doing it. You're already embodying it. Love you, Liana. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Mary. One last thing before we farewell, if you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, we would greatly appreciate if you could leave a short review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps the show so, so much. I absolutely love hearing from you. And as somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, your words mean the world to me. Just go to the Apple Podcasts app and scroll all the way down until you see the review section. And from there, you can just tap the star thing and leave your own review. Thank you so much for supporting me and this greater message of self-love for all. Also, feel free to send this episode to a friend and spread the gift of self-love. And speaking of the gift of self-love, make sure you pick up my book, which is available in stores and online worldwide. Just head to maryscupoftea.com slash book, and you'll find all the links to give yourself the gift of self-love. I love you all so, so much, and I will talk to you next time. Mwah.